Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. Be sure to listen to our podcast, the Michigan Basketball Podcast, the Michigan Recruiting Insider Podcast. They're all in the same spot, so hopefully you find them pretty easily. But uh, wherever you get your podcasts, feel free to subscribe or, or follow along. Pretty much coming out with three, four episodes a week. Uh, so hopefully you can get your fix, whether you listen when you drive to work, do chores, or uh, I don't know, maybe you don't like the announcers and you want to listen to what we have to say. Anyways, <laughs> this episode, we're going to preview Michigan's Big Ten Championship matchup against Iowa. If you want to revisit the Michigan, Michigan's win over Ohio State, we did an entire hour and 17 minute episode just the other day. This one, we're, we're turning the page and we are looking at the Wolverines matchup against the Hawkeyes. Uh, we'll do what we did last week, though. First half of the episode, we'll look at Michigan's offense, some of the keys, some of the numbers uh, and, and other things to watch. And then in the second half, we'll do defense, special teams along with our final predictions for the game. So, Steve, you and I were talking right before we hit record. Ohio State is probably, so far, based on everything we've seen this season, the better team than Iowa. But where things get interesting is I think Iowa has a significantly better defense. You know, they, they, we'll talk about their offense and some of their woes in a, in a moment. But, but this Iowa defense, uh, elite coverage, elite at forcing turnovers, and and pretty sound, you know, in terms of tackling, stopping the run. It's easy to to simply just say do exactly what you did last week. But if there was a key or something that you you think Michigan really has to, I guess, be very good at on Saturday, just to to secure that they score enough points for for victory. What what's maybe a key for the offense in this game? Uh, I, I say continue, kind of continue to keep a a diversified portfolio in the passing game, right? I mean, that was the other part. Of course, obviously, Michigan's ability to run the ball last Saturday was was really the the key proponent of of them being able to do what they did. But also, the thing that's that's so interesting and 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 exciting about this offense is there are so many different guys now it feels like that this is kind of the way we almost envisioned what they could be offensively back when a lot of these kids who were on the on that unit now were being recruited you know you talk about the AJ Hennig uh, Mike Sainra still Eric all uh, Andrell Anthony Donovan Edwards I still think his emergence is is yep. so big for Michigan well it's like that was the first – we talked about that after the game against Maryland. It was my top key or my first point when previewing the game, the game against Ohio State, and how did they score their first touchdown uh, by using Edwards as a decoy in the passing game uh, for an easy, like, reverse 
type touchdown, end around type touchdown play, right? Eight um, different leading receivers, by the way, just to put some numbers to, to what I think is a very valid point. Eight different, different leading receivers and four different receivers have had over 100 yards receiving already. Yeah. So there's just, there are, there are so many different ways I feel like they can attack. And again, that's not, I say diversified portfolio in the passing game. Uh, obviously, they showed a lot of different looks running the football on Saturday as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I, Iowa, uh, much more physical up front than Ohio State. You know, I think that's going to be a bigger challenge for Michigan, for Haskins, for the offensive line. Uh, but the other thing I'm interested to see is, and this goes for both sides of the ball, but I'm really thinking, really kind of thinking more offensively is, can is was is last Saturday going to be a springboard for some of these guys? Just obviously they've been playing with some confidence, right? But this this is where you, be, you know, people talk about how much can that game impact things moving forward. I got to wonder, it was like, you know, Cade McNamara has got to feel like a million bucks right now, um, confidence wise. And, you know, that's where I wonder is like, take that idea of, of being able to spread the ball around having so many different guys, but, you know, with him taking maybe another step just at the position, you know, from a, from just a, a pure, like just confidence command type standpoint, you know, and I think that's where beating a team like Ohio state can, can maybe possibly do wonders for, uh, from back but also like, and I think this is what you said uh, before we got on is that the offensive line with that championship level performance they put on. Cause yes, Ohio state pushed around Michigan, beat them up physically. Uh, we talked about the holes in their, in their rushing defense statistics. A lot of those numbers were accumulated against some pretty bad, rushing offenses but they were still pretty effective you know they they slowed uh you can still be good even if you're not playing it's absolutely yeah. it's absolutely so you know it still it still says a lot about what michigan brought but but i'm going with diversified portfolio in the passing game i think that's going to be so that's something i'm kind of watching because i think um i was defensive back like that's kind of what they're known for but they also seem to maybe excel a little bit more in, in slowing down the run. So I do think, you know, mixing things up in the passing game is, is going to benefit Michigan's running game, therefore their offense as a whole. Yeah, I think I think the more you spread around, the better, especially since Iowa's one of the few teams Michigan has faced this year. Uh, you could throw Washington in there. I guess maybe Rutgers, just by theory of relativity. Um, where they, where there's like a true lockdown corner, they haven't faced. May, Penn State may, might be another one, but um, my my key is other than the obvious play like you did up front. I mean that was that was a national championship caliber offensive line performance. I felt it felt really impressive in the moment. Went back and watched again. If they, you'd be hard pressed to find a team in the Big Ten in the last five years that could hang with an offensive line that played like that one did. And it got better throughout the game too. Now, some of that was Ohio state maybe being exposed a little bit, as we mentioned, maybe the, you know, once the, once the defense was already kind of on its heels, it's it was already on its heels, but, but if you get that kind of performance, I really just, I, you're not going to lose football games. It's, it's that simple. So uh, my, mine is actually going to be, whether it's Corum or Edwards, 
those are the kind of players that can that can break Iowa's defense early. Um, you know, I think quietly Iowa. I mean, they they are not a team that gives up thirty points or blows out or gets blown out. But I think Wisconsin, you know, had had a pretty nice time. I'll pull up the numbers in just a moment. But I think Wisconsin kind of was able to expose that run defense a little bit. Uh, I think Maryland was with some of the speed that they used. And so I think, I think there's like opportunities there. I thought Purdue got creative in the run game as well. It's, it's, you know, just getting, getting outside the tackles, using speed to your advantage. Um, I mean, I'm not going to act like Iowa's this slow poke team, but compared to Ohio state, some of those end around runs and everything. I mean, those can work for really big plays. They worked against Ohio state, but they can work even though Iowa's a better run defense overall, they can work even better against the Hawkeyes. So kind of similar to your diverse portfolio, not, not that different of a key, but I think when I see, you know, Corum, I don't know. I, my assumption is that he will be getting healthier and healthier each week, but you know, Donovan Edwards strikes me as someone that, you know, he could, he could give the Hawkeyes fits because the big 10 West, you just don't play players like that. You know, Braylon Allen might be the the closest in that sense. So that that would be my key. All right, now some over unders. We'll talk about some of the other matchups in this in this game. One hundred and four point five yards rushing for Haskins. That's roughly what he's averaged all season. Uh, you know, the last few games he's actually averaged a little bit more. A little bit of a test, I, I guess. Will some of it is, will be determined based on Corum and and Corum's health, I guess. But does he does Haskins get to 104.5 yards? I'm going to say yes. I think he's just having one of those moments right now. I, I think it's been a long time since Michigan had a running back that seemed to be like no matter who he was playing was going to go off. You could argue Mike Hart was really the last one to to have a moment like like what Haskins is having right now. But man, if that offensive line is going to start doing him some favors too, I mean, his job gets a lot easier. So I'm going to take the over on that one. 104.5 yards. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with the over. I think Michigan, I do. I, I think they're hitting their stride offensively. And I I, I don't, I, I, I guess I'd say it this way. I think there's a better chance that we see Michigan continue their momentum from Saturday than we see them come out and, lay the proverbial egg uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I just, I just think confidence has got to be super, super high. Uh, I, you know, people like they look past this game. I was like, I don't even know what that means. You know, this is this be their first big outright big 10 title in almost 20 years. I don't know how you look past. Yeah. That. I, you know, that's I, be, weird. What is it? Because they're, I understand they're, they're favored. They're not looking at Vegas. Uh, this is a continued win and you're in type. I mean, the stakes, the 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 fruits of Saturday's labor are are worth are so much that I don't understand how this would be the the quintessential not look past game. I mean, you're talking. Yeah, it's been 17 years since they won a Big Ten title. Right, you're you're, you're talking a. a yeah, big uh, a Big Ten championship and a and a berth in the college football playoff. If you win this game, was, this is kind of a weird. I, again, I'm not saying. I think maybe only saw I saw that in a few different areas. I know it's not like the prevalent thought 
throughout the fan do you think base that's or whoever, just, but... do you think that's just Michigan fans? And I, this isn't meant to be a dig at Michigan fans, but they've been so close so many times. That I think there's almost like a, uh, expected disappointment. I mean, that's what they were doing before the season too, right? Like, like people were like, I'm expecting seven and five until they prove otherwise. Like, you know, right. they just don't want to get their hopes up to get burned. Think you think bit. that's what that is? Could be. I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I guess I could probably kind of see that a little bit, but you know, I don't, I, I think, which hope Michigan fans have had a great week, by the way. Uh, it's about time for them to, it wasn't, it wasn't a pain in the ass to log on to Twitter the last four or five days, like it usually is after the Ohio state game, you know, I think, <laughs> right. I, so, so just a quick aside there. I mean, that that's been, it's been a lot more enjoyable, um, but I can see, yeah, I mean, there is that whole uh, fear of a, you know, of a letdown type thing. And again, to be clear, and I think you agree that I don't believe that's the prevalent, you know, feeling. I think, I think people realize, you know, I was a good football team. There's a lot on the line here. And I don't think, I don't think most people expect Michigan to, overlook any aspect of this game or any aspect of Iowa's team so uh, it'd be it'd be such a weird change of character for them it would, it would. and this and, and, they really yeah. don't they've really never looked to overlook teams and maybe like they don't get up for Michigan State like fans hope I get that but like you look at this season the only time they lost was on the road to a top like the number 11 team in the country you look at you look at Jim Harbaugh's tenure not a ton of like now one of them was to Iowa I'll give you that, but there was also an unhealthy quarterback, a road night game. Um, not a ton of losses on Michigan schedule that weren't either Ohio State bowl game or top 15. I guess Iowa's top 15, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, you're playing at with Penn State, at Wisconsin, you know, so it's really just been Michigan State. That's the only other team that's been able to surprise Michigan or catch Michigan napping. Um, I, I do think this though, Steve, this is maybe just, we're getting a little off topic, so we'll circle back in a moment, but I think fans are overlooking Iowa. It, and, and I don't, and my thing is I don't really think it matters what fans do, but I almost wonder if fans are seeing other fans overlook Iowa. Cause you and I always kind of like tease, tease the people, the fans who say, we just got to take it one game at a time. And we're always like, no, you don't, <laughs> like, you know, you can do whatever you want. Cause you're, you're not on the field. Uh, I almost wonder if maybe that's what fans are worried about. It's like, they're seeing I, their, their right. fellow fans. Like I think the swagger, in Iowa. <laughs> the swagger is high right now for Michigan fans. I think, you know, and, and I think cause of, of the win and the way that they won, I think people yeah. are really uh, well. And I think, I think the one thing that's fair in that regard for sure is like Michigan looked like a, a national championship contender in that yeah, game. It looked like the number two team in the country. Right. I know it's yeah. like, it's, 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 uh, it's almost comical that this is where it's at. I mean, and not in a good, in a bad way, in a, in a great way. It's just almost comical that that's where this is gone, but that that's what they looked like on Saturday. So I, you know, I think it's fair for, well, it is, it's fair for fans to do anything. Cause like you said, they, they do, they have zero control over what happens in any of these games. Um, uh, to an extent, atmosphere, you can, fans can build the atmosphere, but yeah, during game week, like just think saying things and having thoughts can do whatever they want, you know, but I, I do think it's, it's, 
you know, yeah, some are already looking at tickets in Dallas, you know, for the cotton bowl. It's like, that's, if you want to go to Dallas, by the way, look at them now, get, get, get your travel stuff in order. Now you got to take the chance on that if if you want to go, but, but you're right. A lot of fans are like, I'm already getting texts about the playoff scenarios and everything. And I'm like, okay, well, it could be moot by the end of Saturday. So uh, anyways, back to, back to the run game. I, I love when the stats prove me right a little bit. I said I, I had a hypothesis that, you know, Iowa's maybe a team you want to you run outside the tackles, get a little creative in your run game for. Braylon Allen had a, had a pretty nice game against Iowa, actually. Uh, 20 carries, 104 yards, uh, three runs for 10-plus yards, 84 yards after contact. If Michigan, Almost, gets, if Michigan gets those numbers from Hassan Haskins, I have a hard time thinking that that they lose this game, right? Well, and here's the significant part. Only 15 of those 104 yards came between the tackles. Interesting, yep. So you're talking about 90, 89 yards outside the tackles on 14 carries. So I don't know if Haskins has the – well, I shouldn't say that. He's proven that he has enough speed to, to be productive no matter what. But I almost wonder if this is a matchup where maybe Corum – is a little bit more of the mismatch against the Iowa defenders indoor because, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, speed can speed can really kill in these, in these indoor. Well, and, and they can, they can start them in the slot. You know, they right. can throw them a little dump pass. Same with, same with Donovan Edwards. I almost wonder if that's maybe the mismatch Haskins has been playing so well, though. I'm still taking the over just because I, it feels, it feels wrong to suggest that, at this point, if you're underestimating Haskins in any way, it's it's there's something wrong with you. Almost <laughs> that's just how well he's been playing so far. Uh, similar vein, Steve, real quick in the run game, 13.5 touches for Corum and Edwards. I don't know exactly what percent Corum is. I suspect it is slightly more than last week, in which he had what six carries. Um, so if if it were, I, don't, I think last week they were under, but but do they? Do they follow my potential key having peaked a bit, a bit of Iowa's defense and, and give it to Corum and Edwards a little bit more to the tune of 14 or more touches? Decently high number if Corum isn't like a 1A running back. But what do you think about that one? I'll say over. Uh, for that reason, I, I like that that uh, the Braylon Allen stat outside the tackles. Um, and again, these guys can hurt you more than just carrying the ball out of the backfield too. You know, both Cora and Edwards, especially even Haskins is, is shown over the last month or so that his hands are at least above average. Like, yeah, he, yeah. He right? can get open just yeah. beyond the offensive line. I mean, it's, it, it was a secret weapon against Penn state that I, I think the Nittany lions had completely ignored in their mm-hmm. game plan. And, and I don't, Blame them. He hadn't done it before, but right. in that game, yeah, he was effective. Yep. So I'll say over though. I think, I think this is, this is another game where Michigan feels like, you know, and they really maybe take a page out of the, the that first drive of the second half against Ohio State. All that off tackle stuff was just what really kind of killed Ohio State, you know. And I think Michigan, if I was stout on the interior, we know they always have good linebackers. Um, I don't even know who their linebackers are, and I know that they're good. So, um, right. 
it's one that that's just a figure speed. Like that's what I, when I think of Iowa, you know, you think of good front seven play, uh, but if they can attack him on the edge with that, with that little bit more speed, I think it makes a lot of sense. So I'll say over. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I feel like I don't have a, I don't have the stats quite handy. I also feel like Iowa quietly other than Wisconsin who kind of smacked them a little bit have and, and, and Iowa state. They didn't, they, you know, Brees Hall's a, a legit running back. But, you know, they, it's hard to tell because they didn't face Kenneth Walker. You know, they, when they faced Penn State, Penn State really didn't have much of a run game at all. So it's hard to tell. Kind of not too dissimilar to, to Ohio State last week. Like, okay, you shut down, you know, a bunch of Big Ten West teams in the run game that don't really have a ton of elite running backs. So. um Still think they'll fare a little bit better than than Ohio State will at stopping the run. I don't I don't expect Michigan to run for 297 yards on 7.2 yards per carry. Holy cow, uh, that's a crazy number against Ohio State. But still think Iowa can do better than that. But I, I think I think Corum, I'm just guessing, is slightly healthier than he was last week. I think this is a game where uh, you know maybe he is someone that they want to get featured on a few more plays. So I'm gonna th- I'm gonna say they got they get 14 touches those two last week they only had nine so this is expecting an increase all right next one 26.5 passes thrown by Michigan quarterbacks last week it was 20 so I'm gonna take the under I think Michigan likes what it has in the run game I think Iowa will stop it slightly better but Iowa also has 22 interceptions this year some a lot of them were against Maryland. They weren't all against Maryland. Uh, 22 interceptions, 34 pass breakups, 13 touchdowns, passing touchdowns allowed. I, I Maybe Michigan isn't worried about that. I think if you're trying to feel good about victory against Iowa, I think you start with the ground game and maybe pass. You know, when you when you do pass, maybe it's it's what Cade McNamara does so well. It's the short stuff. It's the... It's the, you know, kind of getting, finding just a guy with space and, and looking for yards after the catch. I don't think there'll be a ton of downfield passing attempts. How many, how many passes do you think they throw? The over under set at 26.5 over or under Steve. Yeah, I'll say under other reason why is I, I just, it's hard to, it's hard to fathom Iowa taking like a, if Iowa wins this game, it's going to be like a, a 20 to 17 or like a, you know, I just don't see Iowa being ever far, being far enough ahead in this game for Michigan to feel like they have to throw the football. Right. Cause I agree with you. Yeah. Those 22, 22 interceptions. That's ridiculous. Uh, like they, I think I looked at those uh, Western Kentucky had 19 Cincinnati had 17, a couple teams had 16, but like the vast majority of teams in the country, 15 or fewer interceptions all year. I mean, that 22 numbers, uh, that's a big number. Um, so yeah, I will say under pretty much same reason. I mean, I, the other read, like I said, I don't think I would get far enough ahead to where, you know, a lot of teams have to throw the ball when you're behind. I don't think Michigan will be in that position. Uh, not necessarily because they're going to be ahead or behind just more like if it's a close game, I think Michigan will just stick to the run game. Like you said, and, and, uh, what was the logic that Gaddis used for running Haskins so much? And it's just, a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big safety valve to not fumble it's easier to 
hold on to the football than it is to throw it 30 yards down the field, you know, for an air for and, and have that ball in the air and, and susceptible, you know, and this seems like the type of defense that maybe that's how they're going to have to attack. Yep. No, I, I agree. Okay. Now here's, here's an interesting one. We talked about the diversity of the offense, 7.5 different players catch a pass. I'll pull up in just a moment how often that has happened this year. The eight or more different Michigan players have caught a pass. But do they, with, with us both predicting they don't even pass the ball 27 times, do they, do they spread the ball around, you know, get the tight ends involved, get the running backs involved, you know, the, the big receivers, but also the slot receivers? Do eight different players catch a pass in this game? I think so. I think the tight ends, this is a game, this is a good potential tight end game for Michigan. All Schoonmaker. And again, they, they've just, they've utilized so many different guys in the passing game that, uh, and again, their biggest emerger, I don't even know if emerger is even a word, uh, but Edwards is, has become a bigger weapon in the passing game as well. So, that's what it kind of plays into that diversifying the passing game portfolio. I mean, we are saying under 26 attempts, but I don't see, you know, it could, it's always feasible with this offense and with the different guys that, that nobody on the team has more than a few catches. It was kind of how last week went. Uh, and I can see that being the case again on Saturday. Yeah. I'm going to take the over. I'm looking through Michigan's game log a little bit. Doesn't looks like Penn state not they didn't get to eight and it looks like indiana they didn't get to eight but pretty much everyone else they've played in the last two months has been eight nine ten um i think they're comfortable with that i i I think this is a relatively at least on the outside from the outside a relatively egoless pass catching room they're comfortable with someone else going off for a big game and i think the big thing is i think Cade mcnamara is really really good at understanding what the defense is giving him if it's a game where he has to throw to the running backs he's not really just that one interception I would argue over the whole season just that one pick against Ohio State that was really the only time I've seen him force something if you look back at the replay you could tell that was a play he was comfortable with if if Luke Schoonmaker was open at like five yards down the field because he was open five yards down the field. Then, it, then he, he got, he telegraphed it. It wasn't open by the time the ball got there, but he's very comfortable. If it's Schoonmaker, all Wilson, Anthony, Edwards, Haskins, Corum, uh, Johnson, Henning. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, I could definitely see it being a game where no one has more than no one receiver has more than five catches, especially if Iowa's pass coverage is as advertised. All right, we're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We'll talk about the defense, keys for the defense, and our over-unders, and then our final predictions for the Big Ten title game. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage 
to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. Introducing the Two Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. All right, welcome back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve, I think there's one very, very obvious key in this uh, to this defense, and and if it's if it's also yours, that's fine. I think this over under says it all though. Three point five sacks for Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. Iowa one hundredth in Pro Football Focus's pass blocking grades, worse than Wisconsin, worse than Ohio State, uh, worse than Penn State if I'm remembering correctly. If if Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo feed in this game, I, I just I don't think I don't think Iowa has much of a chance. And I think there is an opportunity for them to feed in this game. It's it's I believe it's two two offensive tackles on the more inexperienced end. They've had issues all season, even when they weren't facing players of Hutchinson and Ajabo's caliber. So 3.5 sacks Boy, that's a high sack total to predict. I, it, I would probably predict three if I could predict three, but I'm going to play the numbers a little bit here over the last few weeks. Seems like they've been able to get to four. Well, I'm going to take the under. I don't think they pass as much as Ohio State did, so I'm actually going to take the under. I just don't think there aren't as many passing snaps, but I do think they will have success based on everything we've been able to see in this matchup. So 3.5 sacks for Hudsonson and Ajabo. I'm under. What do you think? For just those two? Uh, I'll take the under as well. I feel like it might be somebody else on Saturday. Interesting. I don't know who, but I, I, I my, my biggest question in this game is like, I'm just curious to see how Iowa attacks Michigan's defense. There's nothing about Iowa's offense that is no like they're sub 100th in the country in passing offense and rushing offense. Um, yeah, I, you know, do you max protect 
and, and maybe try to beat the linebackers in the seam, you know, like you utilize your tight ends and just kind of, I, I don't like that. I don't know. Uh, but either way, I got to think if you're Iowa, you do everything you can to, you know, I, I you know, one, you can't really choose one or the other, you know, do you, do you just max protect on both sides? I, I don't know what they're, how they're really going to go about it. Cause the pressure numbers that Michigan has had have been elite. And it's been, it's been elite. And that's the one thing in all of their big games that has been a constant is that they've gotten pressure. So fascinated to see how the is Iowa the worst offense that Michigan has faced this year, at least of a, from a power five. Can't be, can so, it? I mean, I, I mean, I, Washington I, was pretty bad. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're, yeah, man. I, I just, I'll say Indiana, under, Indiana I'll, was pretty bad too. And Northwestern. I'll say those under. are probably ones to me, but so under on the sacks though. I think so. Uh, they, Indiana, Iowa and Indiana are 123rd and 124th respectively in total offense. So Indiana is the worst offense Michigan has faced this year by nine yards per game over Iowa. Not that total offense is the the end all be all, but it's a. It is 12 games of evidence. Sub 300 yards a game. So. Yeah. Usually when you hold an opponent to 300 yards a game, you feel pretty good about winning. Polar opposite of Ohio state. Right, right. No. Oh, and then, yeah, I could just see, I mean, Ohio State, they they felt like they needed to throw the ball a ton. I think that did lead to more sacks. Um, I mean, you know, there's a reason people look at pressure rates. But if if they can't run the football effect, like, doesn't it feel like I was going to be in a lot of third and six, third and sevens? They could be, right? I mean. Yeah, they could be. Like, I, I. they can't if they can't throw the ball effectively. You know if if it, like it's just it just feels like a. It's hard to f- find a formula for them to sustain. You know because you can try to dink and dunk, but if Michigan, you know Michigan has shown a, a, a strong ability to make quick tackles, make some good one on one tackles. Mm-hmm. You, you could be th- you could theoretically you could throw the ball on first and second down and still be at third and six you know, because you're trying to avoid that pass rush so heavily, and then you're still where you don't want to be. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think one thing Iowa has that Ohio State didn't, good tight end. Uh, Laporta has 486 receiving yards this year on catches uh, on, on 63 targets. So I think they're comfortable maybe a little bit more comfortable to dink and dunk, but their quarterback, Spencer Petrus, Petrus, uh, he's been under pressure 33.5% of his dropbacks this season. We talked about last week, Ohio State, it was only 22%. I mean, you're talking about he's already faced pressure on 50% more of his dropbacks than C.J. Stroud had. So I guess on the one hand, maybe they're comfortable being under pressure his numbers don't suggest it but perhaps um on the other hand that also means that this offensive line has its work cut out for it so i'm taking the under it sounds like you might be taking the under as well uh switching to the run defense 4.5 yards per carry allowed to goodson um yeah they're running back tyler goodson 
I actually really like his game. I don't, I don't know much about his numbers or the season he's had this year, but I remember going into the season kind of wondering if he had that second team all Big Ten type of potential. Um, in fact, before the season, because I didn't know Kenneth Walker was going to be that good, I wondered if maybe he could be a first-team all Big Ten type of running back. So 4.5 yards per carry. I, I can't imagine they're not averaging that this year. Uh, looks like it's sack adjusted 4.2 yards per carry, but, but Goodson himself is at 4.6. He's got 1,098 rushing yards this season, 36 broken tackles, um, 31 carries out of 238. They go 10 plus yards. So he's been, he's been effective 561 yards after contact to 2.4 yards per carry after contact do they hold him to 4.5 yards per carry I, that feels like a feels like a, a trap that feels like something that michigan could absolutely do um so i'm gonna take the under but i wonder if i wonder if neil knows something we don't um i'm taking the under 4.5 yards per carry what do you think yeah i'll take the under too he's like goodson's on a nice run right now though you know, you think he's uh, I think he's eclipsed a hundred let three last four games. Okay, but I'll still t- I'll still take the under. Um, maybe when he eclipses a like, hundred, is that is that Big Ten West? Yeah, Northwestern, that? Northwestern, yeah. Illinois, and Nebraska. Uh, okay, are those three of those four games? Minnesota, Wisconsin held him to twenty-seven yards on thirteen carries. I think Wisconsin right? is a. Better defense than Michigan, but pretty comparable. Elite rush defense for Wisconsin. Yeah. So I, I, that's not a, a shocking number. Uh, but either way, yeah, Penn State 3.5, Wisconsin 2.1, Minnesota 3.3. Uh, yeah, I'll still say under. I don't – maybe it's somewhere between like 3.5 and 4.5. You know, I could see him having some some effectiveness. Michigan has been – except for last week, you know, they've been good to – yield a couple longer-ish runs. Yes, that's right? true. That is so, the, the gamble. Right, that's kind of the thought there. So I could maybe see that, but I'll still say under 4.5 seems like a, they just feel like they're one-dimensional, even though that one dimension isn't that good um, statistically. It feels like Michigan can can hold them to under that. Yeah, Travion Henderson was at 4.4. Um, yeah, Kenneth Walker obviously had a big game, but I'm trying to think like, is there, is there a back who really had Michigan's number this season? And we've talked, you know, other than Kenneth Walker. And I, I think the answer's been by and large no. I mean, Kevon Lee probably could have if he had a better offensive line in front of him. But yeah, I just I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under on that one. All right, next one. Iowa's quarterbacks complete 55% of their passes. So kind of what we're talking about, one benefit is is they do have you know, good tight ends. Goodson can catch out of the backfield. I think he has over 200 receiving yards this season. Do they get 55%? Do they go maybe like the Rutgers approach where they really are just trying to get the ball out as quickly as possible and, and just hoping for a, a yards after the catch, you know, missed tackle and breakdown by Michigan? Or are they are they swinging for the fences a little bit more, and and testing 
maybe Michigan's pass coverage. I mean, you, you said they were 123rd in total offense. Through 12 games, you don't get to that point if you have a legit passing attack. So 55% completion percentage. I'm taking the under. That's a low over-under, but I'm taking the under. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, Petrus at 58 for the year with nine touchdowns and six picks. Uh, oh, 58, yeah. but yeah, no, it's <laughs> I still have to take the under. Yeah, I, I agree. I just I don't see it. So yeah, I mean, I guess mm, Laporta I guess is their Stroud is their lead, for is, yeah. We we talk about how good Michigan looked against Ohio State. Stroud did complete. 34 of 49 passes that's 69 percent for 394 yards so it's not i you know we've talked about michigan as a strength they've they've been comfortable giving up short and intermediate passes in exchange for being ready to make a tackle in exchange for not giving up the deep ball are you are you concerned if michigan maybe feels like they could play a little more aggressively at the line in this game maybe Iowa can could hit could hit a deep shot and and kind of throw things out of whack a little bit, you know. I mean, is that uh, maybe if they had? I'd almost if I were Michigan, I would almost be more concerned with the with the throwbacks. Sure, you know, like like taking that you know misdirection type stuff. Yeah, having Goodson, sure, you know, provide like a stamp block and then get out open, or you know, Laporta I think is another guy who could do the same thing. Um, you know, maybe chip Hutchinson on his way out and then just be there for a, you know, quick, the throw itself is only three yards, but then he gets like eight to 10 yards after the catch. Cause I don't think, I don't think Petrus has, Petrus has much of a, I don't think he's like a big downfield passer. I think on the whole season, I think he only has nine pass, nine completions, 10 completions, excuse me of more than 20 yards downfield. Right. Uh, I mean. Geez, what was the number last week? Like 50 for Ohio State? Oh, for Stroud? 20 yards, over 20 yards. It was like <laughs> 54 or something like that. I can't, I can't quite remember. It was wow. something something very high. I mean, this is not a – so, so for some context for the listeners, on passes um, – on behind the line of scrimmage passes, he has 25 completions. On passes zero to nine yards, he has 75 completions. On passes 10 to 19 yards, he only has 25. That's actually a very low number, too. And then on the deep passes, 20 plus yards downfield, it's only 10 in 12 games. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, Iowa isn't like this gigantic, you know, sling it around pass attack, but he has attempted 200. 34 passes this year only 10 completions of 20 more yards downfield I guess maybe you shoot your shot with that because maybe Michigan isn't preparing for it but I think they go with the dink and dunk so I'm actually going to take take the over on this I think I think that he ends up over 55 percent um but I don't think it I don't think it hurts Michigan in the same way that it might against other teams yeah I mean that's like he could hit that number and it doesn't really mean, you know, might not mean a ton. So would you take the under uh, or would you take the over on 55? I, I switched to the over. Yeah. Okay. No, I'll stick with the, eh. 
I'll go with the over just because again, I just I think they're just gonna I think do think they're gonna try to dink and dunk, I guess. Yeah. So yep. All right, last one. 3.53 and outs forced. Boy, that's I think Neil's baiting us into this weird, you know, because we joke like sometimes if you like actually add up all of these over-unders, you'd think that we're like predicting the most ridiculous score. And when our scores actually end up being reasonable predictions. I feel that feels like an over, doesn't it? I mean, you mentioned if they can stop the run and, and they don't really have much of a deep pass. I think I don't think Iowa's gonna like get shut out in this game, but I do think there'll be four more three and outs. Uh, I think I think they'll have a couple sustained drives, you know, maybe more than a couple, a few sustained drives, but I could see it being kind of like wisconsin where it was either a three and out or a long drive that you know resulted in points for the badgers so um i'm gonna take the over i'm gonna take the over i think they get four more three and outs what do you think yeah i agree kind of that's i feel like that's bad news for michigan if they if they don't you know that that's yeah right i mean this this seems like one of those games where you you would expect Michigan to hit that number. So, yeah, I'll say over as well. Ohio State had two, for those curious. Um, yeah, I'm I'm, taking, I'm comfortable with the over on that one. All right, final thoughts on this game and final prediction for this contest. Boy, we really just spent a long time dogging Iowa for, for a game that I think – I don't know about you, Steve. I, I, I don't think it's going to be like this – massive blowout what what's your prediction for this game yeah so I think Iowa's defense is good enough to keep them in this game for sure this just looks like a team was it Indiana last year this just feels like a team who is driven by their turnover margin the flip side in a good way for them is that they've they've had a long they've long had a penchant for especially for intercepting yeah, it's like going, you're going on like four or five years, really, right? that they've had positive turnover margins. Yeah, so, but this year, I think it's even like, it's even far higher than what it's been in the past. Um, I just, I can't fathom Michigan beating Ohio State the way they did on Saturday and then turning around and losing this game. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what Iowa can do offensively to sustain success against Michigan. I think that there's a drive or two in there where they can, they could move the football, but I, I just, over the course of a four quarter game, it just, it just feels like, you know, is Michigan, Iowa's kryptonite. I mean, they, like this will be the best pass rush Iowa's faced and their pass protection has been terrible this year. Michigan does not turn the ball over which is something that Iowa has thrived off of is forcing turnovers, particularly in the passing game. So the things that Iowa has excelled at this year, it feels like are things that Michigan has Michigan's counter has excelled at and Michigan has their strengths are where Iowa's weaknesses are. I mean, it just feels like, you know, a game that Michigan should win. I mean, the line is where it is for a reason. And so, uh, yeah, I'm taking Michigan. I think they do it. I'm going to say 30 to 17. I think it's maybe a little, I, you know, again, yeah, we talk about this, like it's going to be like 28 to three, 
or something like that. Uh, I do, again, I do think Iowa does have some success up front and does run the football, you know, get some plays in the running game. And maybe they do attack Michigan's linebackers in the passing game as well. But, uh, but overall, yeah, I just think Michigan is they're rolling right now. I think basically since Eric all caught that pass in happy Valley, Michigan has just been on a, on a big high. And I think they continue it and then uh, punch their ticket to the playoff. We'll be covering a playoff team in about three weeks. So I'll say Michigan 30, Iowa 17. Yeah, I think one one area that maybe is still a key to keep an eye on that did not come up in the over-unders is special teams. Um, Steve, I know you and I have talked for years about how seriously Michigan takes special teams. It's It's elite kicking, punting, coverage, you know, its ability to block kicks, block punts, along with the return game so far this season on the football power index, special teams, efficiency, Michigan is number two in the country, reflective of what we've said about Michigan's strength in the special teams. Iowa's number one. So they take it just as seriously and they, they have some big plays. I mean, you could, you could chalk up their win over Nebraska, which is the only reason that they're in this game, along with Wisconsin losing to Minnesota. You can chalk that one up to special teams. There, there's a couple other games this season where there's been a special teams play. I almost, I'd be almost curious, like, is it more likely Iowa's offense scores three touchdowns or Iowa's special teams scores one touchdown? I'd almost be more inclined to say, that the um, <laughs> the special teams would be more likely to score one than the offense to score three. Plus the interceptions really do make it funky. I mean, if, if Michigan, if Cade McNamara throws three picks, I mean, what are the, what are the chances, you know, suddenly this game gets very, very interesting, but I do think you mentioned kryptonite. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's what the best word would be. Michigan is quietly a big 10 East champion that, actually does care about special teams and actually does a really nice job of avoiding turnovers. Now, Ohio state also was, was pretty good avoiding turnovers too, but um, you're not every team that is in the top five, top 10 is also in the top five in special teams. Efficiency is also a team that plays really safe football in terms of avoiding fumbles, avoiding turnovers. I think um, indoors, warmer weather, or I guess room temperature weather would be the best way to describe it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, d- I think Iowa's got a lot of that, that Michigan State quality where they can – they'll hang around, hang around, hang around, and then, like, get a very not, – not fluky, but, like, very unconventional play is going to end up playing a really big role. So I'm actually going to take Iowa to cover, but I am going to take Michigan to win – I am going to say Michigan 23, Iowa 13. That's the score I predict. So I think that technically allows Iowa to cover. Uh, but I, I, I'm with you. I mean, this is not an Iowa offense that's elite or even good. Even Iowa fans would tell you that. Can they we, weren't expecting to play in this game. Can, just let me just ask you this then. Let's say we get on on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and Iowa wins this game, how, how did they do it? 
Did Michigan McNamara throw three interceptions? Like, I think there's a blocked punt that causes havoc. I think I think the field position battle gets lost because Iowa is very comfortable playing field position football. They will punt from the forty. Right. from your 40 yard line, just to make sure that you're pinned inside the five and they've got a punter who can do it. So I think they'll end up being like some, a bunch of wonky stuff will go down. Fluky discredits Iowa because they do this enough that it's not fluky, but I think a lot of wonky stuff went down. Maybe kind of like that Penn state game. I mean, that, you know, Penn state was about ready to, to take a pretty convincing. I think they had a convincing lead. They were about to take control of that game. Quarterback gets injured. Eight pre-snap offensive penalties uh, I think I want to say there were three interceptions in that game you know the, the messier this game gets in terms of turnovers weird special teams plays I guess unconventional calls or controversial calls I think the more comfortable Iowa has to feel about their chances of winning I think if they can make this game a mess I think they've got a shot I think if it's anything like last week's game where the best, you know, you just kind of trench play, drive after drive, each team taking taking their shot. I I don't think Mich- I don't think Iowa has the ammunition to hang with Michigan. That's so I'm t- I'm saying twenty three thirteen. Not completely. I mean, you know, one thing with Iowa is have they given up thirty points at all this year? I don't I don't think that they have. So. Something I'm keeping an eye on, but at the same time, I do think I do think they're a better football team than Iowa. You know, if you're looking across the board, Iowa also did not play Michigan State or Ohio, Ohio State, State, and or Michigan. Sean Clifford was out for more than half of the game. Game was at home too when the two teams met up, right? I mean, they, yep. so it's it's conceivable to say that Iowa has not really played a high quality offense there's a very real chance they're the sixth best team in the big 10 right you know because wisconsin they had to play penn state and michigan if they don't have michigan on their schedule and they have i don't know maryland i mean they beat iowa by 20 so yeah i think i think it's conceivable that they're the number six team in the big 10 um also conceivable that they're not by the way, one one quick number I want to throw out there: uh, the Big Ten East is seven and zero in the Big Ten championship game since they did the divisions in twenty fourteen, and and we're both predicting double digit victories for the Big Ten East for the eighth straight year. Just something that that you know I wanted to throw out there. I very strange that the Big Ten is like completely content with these totally imbalanced divisions, but um, I guess there's, there's some profitability to having Michigan, Penn state, Michigan state and Mich- and Ohio state and Michigan all, all play each other every year, but kind of, kind of funky that, that if we're, if I'm being honest, I think the big 10 title was won last week. And Steve, I, I imagine you feel similarly just in the, in the sense, but you know, I thought Jim Harbaugh had a great quote or a great point. You know, it wasn't it wasn't over when the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team beat the Soviets, right? It was it was there still had to be a gold medal game. So so Michigan still got to show up. You, you and I are both predicting that they do. Lots of preview coverage to come over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247Sports.com. 
we're going to have a, a pretty full staff down there in Indianapolis. Uh, 24-7 newcomer Alejandro Zuniga will be with us. Josh Newkirk, myself, Sam Webb. For Steve Lorenz, this has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.